Welcome back to Exploring Chiropractic. This is Nathan Cash and your host. This is going to be the first in a series of after-school specials here on Exploring Chiropractic. I've been interviewing students across the globe at different chiropractic schools, trying to get an idea of what is going on at each of these institutions. But I want to take a look at what happens after school or outside of school. I'm going to take a look at successful chiropractors and what makes them tick. I'll talk with other students about things that don't have to do with classroom hours. And I might even branch out and talk with medical doctors, physical therapists, and other people in the healthcare profession to get their perspective of chiropractic. This first episode is an interview I conducted with Dr. Lona Cook. She's written a book called Just Tell Me Where to Start, in which she details how she paid off her student loans in two years flat. Dr. Lona Cook grew up in Chippewa Falls and is a graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Madison, as well as Northwestern Health Sciences University. Dr. Lona lives in Wisconsin with her husband Kyle and loves being close to her family. When she isn't at the clinic, she's probably traveling. In this episode, we talk about how she managed to pay off $150,000 of loan debt in two years flat, and how she managed to do that by not doing what everyone else does. We'll talk about how great it feels to make that last payment on your student loans and what students can do right now to prepare for practice. Well, hey, I don't want to beat around the bush. How in the world did you pay off $150,000 in debt within two years? (laughs) Well, you know, it takes discipline, that's for sure. It wasn't like it just happened kind of thing. So I think that's the biggest thing for people that want to do similarly, I would assume most people do. Um, you know, it, it it's nice because if you get yourself right and you start to realize that, you know, the development of your practice and the income that it makes and, you know, that type of relationship between the growth in the practice and the growth financially is directly related. Um, you know, it's easier to think about serving more people and being excited about that than it is to probably really think about the money. And I would encourage people to think about the growth of getting yourself out there, serving chiropractic to people. Um, that's why, you know, having a deep philosophy is really important because that's directly related to your success in practice. Um, so those two things together were what really drove me. It was like, I knew I needed to learn a lot and I had some great coaches and through you know self-development and really knowing that I wanted to be successful, that's when I could kind of start to see like, all right, my loan is coming due for the first time in June of 2010. And I said, I'm going to pay $1,000. And then in July, I'm like, all right, I'm going to pay $2,000. And I just kept incrementally stepping it up every month um, because it just seemed like, well, the practice is growing. I'm used to not living like a baller, so I can just keep doing that. <laughs> you know, I, for the first five months of my practice, I lived at home with my parents. So talk about like okay. pride for the first few months. But it was great. My parents are wonderful. Um, but, you know, there came a point when too where I was like, and now it's time to move out. But um, at the same time, you know, I got to the end of that year and, and I had substantially made a dent in the, the loans already. And so I really looked at it like, all right, I can get to the point where – you know, I'm paying such a hefty sum every month after that. And, you know, that was the focus for me. It wasn't like I was doing that as well as saving a ton of money, as well as like buying a Range Rover or anything like that. Like it was like I was focused on those student loans, right? So, so paying out the loans was the number one goal. Yeah. At, at the expense a little bit of saving 
you yeah, know, that, you know, that three so months I expenses that you want to save something. So I always kept like my business bank account at a comfortable level so that I never felt real wor worried about that. Um, but I do think saving weekly, even if it was like 20 bucks right then, and then the rest of it is going towards your student loan is a, is a good habit. Um, it just gives you a different sense of power when you don't have to worry. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's where I think the synergy happens where you're really excited about what you're doing in your business and talking chiropractic. And if you can get your financial house in order, you, you don't have that feeling or that icky feeling of like this person that's getting on the table has to pay for the, you know, the lights to be on next week kind of thing. So if you can check yourself first and really look at what's important, that person and serving that person the best that you can in this moment is the important thing right now. But by the way, on the side, you've done your work to know like, all right, this is what I need to accomplish this month. This is a goal I have for how much I want to pay on my student loan. It almost becomes like a game. And that game then drives the practice higher. And so then when the student loans are gone, you have, you know, so for me, it was like I got to where there was probably about $10,000 a month I was paying on a student loan. And that, you know, plummets it really fast. And so, you know, all of a sudden, it's like one day I'm looking at my thing and I'm like, I'm going to pay off my loan today, you know, and no one's there to like congratulate you, really. It's like, that's probably the biggest thing you've ever done in your life, really, because it's like, oh, my God, that was that's gone you know it's like this huge monkey off your back but what was like, the feeling that next month when the pay date came and you were like <laughs> wait a minute i've got well, ten thousand dollars of extra cash so i should back that up i'll tell you about that in a second but basically that i switched it then you have to do something with the money because money is energy right it's just energy flowing in energy flowing out and if you think about it that way as soon as that loan is gone you've got to divert that energy into a different stream otherwise it's gone and it's weird to think about it that way. And most people don't look at money that way. But um, so so I had a mentor, Tori Robeson, who was very influential for me on business strategies. And so he was like, you know, divert this into a profit share or, you know, whole life insurance, that type of thing. So you're starting to save that $10,000 now or, you know, up the ante from there, whatever it is. So that's what I did then. And you know, it almost is like when you lose that focus, because that focus was on the student loan was so easy to have because I really wanted it gone. It's like this guttural thing, like you don't want it, right? And and then saving for me doesn't have quite the same like guttural thing to it. I like doing it, don't get me wrong, but it's it's nice to like choose. So some people might not feel so called to like pay off their loan, then maybe they should work on savings first. I don't know, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm curious why you weren't content to just do the normal thing and pay them off in 10 years. Well, I think the book that was really influential on me was Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Um, and he just, you know, really hammers home that debt is bad. Like, it doesn't matter if you can write, write off part of it. It doesn't matter if it's a low interest rate. Like, get rid of it. And I like simplicity. Like, I am not the person that wants things that are, like, really complex or difficult to think about. Um, so to think about, that's why when I talk to people, it's like, they want to know, like, should I consolidate that? I'm like, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't know any of that stuff. I didn't because it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, I can see what they are. There was like five of them, five loans. And I just want to pay them down. Like I want them gone immediately. And the way Dave Ramsey explains it in the book is you pick the low, the lowest amount and you pay that one first. 
and then you just make the minimum payments on the rest. So you attack mm-hmm. one of them, and when that when that one's gone, then you go on the next one. And it's a bit of psychological warfare because once that first loan is paid off, there's a feeling of a victory, of yes. accomplishment, and then it kind of adds to that desire right. to keep paying. the energy. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's awesome. What do you think students should do right now to prepare for paying off loans and opening their practice? Sure. Um, saving in in chiropractic school would be huge. So I, w- I always worked. I worked in undergrad and I worked during chiropractic school. Um, so I can't remember the exact amount. It was probably somewhere around twelve to 15000 that I had um, to go to the bank to get my business loan, the first one. And they want that, you know, they want to see that you're going to invest in what you're asking them to invest in. So if you have a desire to open your own practice, you, you know, you got to have your financial house pretty set as far as like good credit and then some money that you're coming with, unless you have an angel lender or something like that. But the habit is really the big thing, right? So the habit of, you know, having the discipline to put some money aside when you, especially maybe doing it when you get your tuition check. And some people would say, but yeah, it's just, it's my loan money anyways. What's, you know, what's the difference? But if you're saving some of that, you know, they used to give us like $7,000 every four months or whatever it was, three Mm -hmm. months. Um, and so, you know, I would try and take a chunk of that plus then whatever I, I made from working, I would take some of that and save it. I think I usually would save like 75 bucks a month for sure. And then anything else I could do on top of it, I would. And that's pretty doable. I've, yeah. been, I've been battling with myself with this idea of do I take the full amount of loans and save some or do I take the minimum that I can get by on and, and I do work. I have a couple jobs on campus. Uh, and then use that cash as savings or even to start paying off the loans now so that the interest doesn't accumulate. And it's a tough decision. I know. And I don't think there's a right answer, but I think it depends on what you're trying to do afterwards because you are going to need a a substantial chunk probably if you are going for a loan. And so if that was not something you had, I would suggest just saving it until you know like what you know, what your scenario is going to look like after you graduate. I want you know, to read a, it's a little to get money when you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in some meetings with bankers lately and, uh, and that's their deal is, you know, we want to see some income. We want to see that you have some collateral or some money in the bank. And I'm like, well, I, how am I doing that? I'm living on loans. They want to see that you're willing to sacrifice some. You know what I mean? Whether I, even the banker said to me, the fact that you're willing to live at home for the first however long shows me that you're serious about this because most 25 year olds don't want to do that. But the reality was I didn't have income at that point, you know, and my dad actually said something to me that I thought was really, really good too. Um, and he's been a small business owner too, but you know, I was like, do I bartend for a while while I'm first starting that practice? You know, cause I was thinking then I'd have an income stream. And he said, Lona, the sooner you get serious about this business and the sooner you get those doors open and you're seeing people, that's months ahead of the time of when you would start making money. Basically, like you're moving your income stream forward then because you're getting more serious about it at an earlier stage. And he was right. You know, so I think the the people that don't commit are the people that struggle. Yeah, I was just about to read this section from your book where you talk about that and you uh, the thing I have highlighted is putting my energy and time into getting the clinic together and open in record time with all things in order was the best decision. So it was about six months, I think, that you were full-time opening your practice? 
Uh, nope. Um, I graduated November 2009, and um, I opened January 2010. Okay, so, so there's a lot less. Yeah, yeah. But with that said, my T10, because I didn't go to San Diego, was in St. Paul, which was only about an hour and 15 minutes away from where I opened. So three or four days a week I was in St. Paul. Three or four days a week I was in Chippewa Falls looking around, looking at you know options for rent, um, going into banks, you know, just getting a feel for like, would this actually work here? So, you know, and no one can give you like all the final answers. That's the hard part too, is I think sometimes, especially when we're about to do something we've never done before, we just want someone to like push us over the edge and you kind of got to give yourself that push. So I was thinking about that because I'm on two weeks break right now in between quarters and I'm almost just imprisoned in my apartment because I have no no spending money. And so I was a bit curious about how you were able to get around and and work in a way when you weren't getting any income. Are you talking about when I first opened up the practice? Yeah, for those first couple months. All right, so because I had like the 15,000 or whatever that I invested in, I took, I think there was five of that that I took as personal expense. That was, okay. that was going to get me through until, you know, we were starting to actually see income. Um, so I didn't, you know, you live at home with your parents. It's pretty much free rent, free food for the most part. Um, so it wasn't like, it, it wasn't glamorous, but it wasn't that big of a struggle. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think like that, there's a degree of like, if you can just, get your mind at ease with some of it. Like, this is just what I have to do right now. And like live in that. It's like the money will be there. Maybe not loads of it, but enough for like today or tomorrow so that you can like keep your energy up and and just keep moving ahead. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's kind of like if you stare at what's not there, you get more of what's not there. And Mm -hmm. if you just realize like I'm doing this for a reason and more is going to come to me and it's all all right, that's exactly what you get as well. And you've got a, a wonderful practice, growing strong. Uh, you're seeing in the book you mentioned seeing up to about three to four hundred patients yep. a week. Yep. Is is your success and is is the success of future students paying off loans dependent on having a high volume practice that's really philosophy driven? I personally think so. I mean. <sighs> okay, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, there's different business models that probably work, right? But I look at like what we offer as chiropractors and the really amazing part of chiropractic is its philosophy really and and teaching people vitalism, teaching them that their body is meant to be healthy and that so much every second is happening right with your body. That's a message they don't hear. You know, we turn on the TV and it's all disease and sickness and you know, you're you're degrading every day kind of thing when that's not, that's just a different picture of it. And so when I look at subluxation based chiropractic, where we're teaching people that by maintaining or ensuring that connection between brain and body, they're able to live like a more alive uh, day or like their life is more turned on. It's just so much more rewarding to me, and I think that's what grows the um, volume practice or the practice that sees lots of kids. Not everyone needs to see, you know, 200, 300, 400, 500 a week kind of thing to be happy, I don't think, or to be successful in a financial sense either because, you know, if you keep your overhead low, you can do pretty well at, you know, a, a lower stage than that. But, um, 
Yeah, I think it really is about our philosophy and, and what do we offer that no one else offers? You know, correction of subluxation and teaching people vitalism. That's what sets us apart. And if we lose that, you know, we really aren't, we aren't doing chiropractic. So there's other models that work within our field that are called chiropractic and are deemed underneath the umbrella of what chiropractic, especially with our education, calls chiropractic. Um, but I think the more that we can like invite people in to understand why infants need to be checked, why kids need to come in for routine chiropractic, all of that stuff, the, then the more we like spread this message of you know, focusing on the good that's happening in your body and uplifting that versus letting people sink into all the other stuff that's happening out there in, in the medical world. What's next for you? Do you have any uh, big plans, big ideas, new books? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I feel like I'm going to take a little break from, I've been doing a ton of traveling and, and um, doing some speaking. So this summer I'm looking forward to not traveling quite as much. Um, but I have started doing a four-week course with other new chiropractors. And it, it's a workbook, really, that goes along with four modules. And then uh, you can take it as a self-study or you can take it where we speak one-on-one -on -one, um, each week for about a half hour. And my goal with that is to just help people open up some of the principles that growth circles around. You know, so the four four modules are based around these four principles. The first one is awareness. The second one is simplicity, congruency, and energy. And those seem kind of nebulous if you just hear the words, but it's really what we come back to each time we look at where we're at and where we're trying to go is like, all right, you got to know specifics about what got you to this point right now so that you have a jumping off point to go to something different. Otherwise, if we just keep repeating the same patterns, we do, you know, we get what we got. Um, and then, so if we can streamline plus make ourselves more congruent with our vision and, you know, sometimes it's just a little tweak in our headspace that creates all the difference. Um, and so I feel like these are the things that I've constantly gone to over the last four and a half years. And it's just amazing to see how much can change in a short time. And so I want to help other people, not not to be me, I don't need them to like do what I did, but to open that up in themselves so that they create their vision and, and can learn how to like teach themselves how to elevate each year or every month towards a different direction. That's awesome. And I think I noticed that book, Starting the Tick, is the, yeah. the workbook? Yeah, that's the workbook. Awesome. Where can students find more about you? Um, if they just go to our website, it's just drlonacook.com. All right. And are you on Facebook and Twitter where, where they can follow you? Yep, it's just my name. All right. So, Cook. Yep, friend me up. Great. So it looks like you got a patient waiting. I do. <laughs> okay, so I'll let you go. Thanks a lot, Dr. Cook. It's been a pleasure Thanks talking so with you. Much. Yeah, you too. And that's it with Dr. Lona Cook, author of Just Tell Me Where to Start. Thanks again to Dr. Cook for sharing her story on exploring chiropractic. It's encouraging to know we don't have to be enslaved to government loans forever. You can download Just Tell Me Where to Start on iTunes or on Smashwords. Take a look in the show notes for the link or visit exploringchiropractic.com. For more information on Dr. Cook, check out drlonacook.com and follow her on Facebook and on Twitter. While you're at it, check out Exploring Chiropractic on Facebook and Twitter at Exploring Cairo, and on YouTube where you can watch a video version of this interview with Dr. Lona Cook. I'd appreciate it if you share these interviews with your classmates and friends. 
Stay tuned for episodes with Barcelona College of Chiropractic and a special episode bringing the best chiropractic students on the internet together for a discussion on social media. Thanks for listening to Exploring Chiropractic. Keep on studying. <laughs>